Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, and 88. Positively different radio right across Australia. And you are with Lyle and Mon, who is super excited to come in today and find free food on our desk. Yeah, wasn't that amazing? We have bananas, we have pears, we have uh, wheat nectarines, we have peaches. We no have idea who left bits. it. Bit of a mystery, but we are very happy. But unless they try and bribe us, what do they want? They can I have know, it. I don't care. Know. They can have it. <laughs> anyway, we've got an amazing show coming up. And of course, this is the delayed broadcast. This is the delayed broadcast. But do you know what? Our delayed Adelaide listeners can jump on board with the live show, as we say every day. Do you know what Adelaide just did? Oh, Adelaide, you legend Adelaide. Yes, they are now getting the live show. So if you're not getting the live show, then get onto your local transmitter people and push them and say we need to have a live show. But if you can't get the live show, how do we listen to it live? Okay, so what you're going to do is jump on faithfm.com.au and you can listen to the live stream or you can actually just download the TuneIn app, which is totally free to download and super easy to use. Once you've downloaded it, you just search for Faith FM Australia and you can listen to it wherever you go on yeah. the planet. They will try and get you to sign up for the paid version of TuneIn, of course, but you just get the free Don't version. Don't fall for that. It, it yeah. just works just fine. It's a great little app right there. And you'll have a perfect signal wherever you go. In and your you pocket. you can use it in your phone, in your car, in your headset, wherever. Um, run it through your aux cord into your car or through a Bluetooth mm-hmm. or through a tape player insert for those of us who have cars that are old enough still to have <laughs> tape hey, players Hey, those things are them. handy. <laughs> they are indeed. Actually, this is a special show today and we know this because we've already done it, but we actually have a special guest coming in, Etienne, yes. for our guest interview and he sticks around for the whole rest of the yeah, show. Yeah, he does. You're it was so much fun. Treat. Yeah. It's such a treat having him. Great guy. Anyway, stick around. You'll, we'll be right back after this break. Uh, we're going to be listening to some music and then we'll get straight into it. We're going to listen to... Jars of clay fall asleep. Let's not do that. Yeah, don't fall asleep, people. Wake up. We wandered off like children in the woods. We let the searchers come and never find us. Tried to make a life among the trees While your dreams collected planes and cars and cities You slipped away from me while I was sleeping To climb the tallest oak and see the light Your dissatisfaction gave you questions Do you remember what the city sounded like? Do you remember what the city sounded like? So stay up with me, don't fall asleep Cause we only have this moment once in our lives Next time we'll meet under city lights But we're here tonight so let's make it all it was meant to be So I held you but the cold was from inside And I knew I couldn't keep you if I tried But I watched 
as the distance spread, as the shadows grew, and the longings came like wolves to devour you. So stay up with me, don't fall asleep, 'cause we only have this moment once in our lives. And next time we'll meet under city lights, but we're here tonight, so let's make it all it was meant to be. Been listening to Joseph Clay fall asleep here on Faith FM and Mon. Yes, we have some really exciting news. Do we? We do. What is yes, it? Yes, indeed. We are live this morning in Adelaide for the very first oh, time. Oh, welcome Adelaide, or should yes. we say Radelaide, and especially Rad today. There you go. Welcome to all of our listeners in Adelaide listening to the live show for the first time. So, Adelaide listeners, make sure that you get out there and encourage all of your other surrounding. South Australians to get yeah. up, to get on board. Oh, hey Adelaide, PS, while you're listening live, you can now join in our quiz. Yes, and actually of course you win can. Stuff. For the first time ever. You Let's actually do something. the quiz now. All right, why not? Okay, Adelaide, this is going out especially for you. This is a who am I question. We're going to make it a little bit easier this time. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yesterday was crazy hard. hard. Yeah. Oh, PS, call in if you think that you have a trivia question, Bible trivia question, with which you can stump Lyle because he needs stumping. Yesterday I wasn't even finished. <laughs> reading the first clue and he's like oh, I know what it is so if you have a quiz call us 1-800-FAITH-FM see if you can stump Lyle I'll give you two CDs if you can stump Lyle okay here we go clue number one mm-hmm. I am the grandfather of Noah 
Yes, I've got that one. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good easy one. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a little, a little bit slow off the uh, off the mark, but uh, you know the, the the brain is still waking up this morning. Yeah, the brain yeah, is still sure. waking up. But we mm-hmm. got there. Yeah, okay, got the answer. All right, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three if you know the answer, or send us a text message on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or shoot it through to our Facebook. We're going to put that one up on the uh, Facebook page. I believe it already. Is. Ah, fantastic. We are on the ball today. Now, you've got a story. Yes, Lyle. Are you a good boy? Are you a good boy, Lyle? Lyle's a good boy. Okay, just to <laughs> let you all know, Monica has officially lost it. No, I haven't. This and is science, people. This is science. On okay, so there is a special speech register. It's known as infant directed speech. And we all do this when we pinch a baby tick. We're like, who's a little baby? Who's a good little Turns out that Not speech. Actually, actually, I think everybody, everybody does. Everybody does. Yeah, Come I, have on. To admit, when my, I think you'll be. When con- my kids were small, I do remember doing You'd baby be considered speech. a monster if you talked to it like a normal adult, right? Yeah. So this special speech register, infant directed speech, it actually helps bond, um, human bonding between the baby and the adult. And they've scientifically proved this. But today's report, they've done further studies with this kind of talk. And, uh, and the way that humans talk to their pets, which is known as dog directed speech, also helps bond your dog to you. You have got to be joking. absolutely. Well, this is so great? interesting because there was a, um, research that came out last year that showed that dogs get more positive endorphins from human interaction than they do from dog interaction. Well, it's not surprising because a dog can't say to another dog, "Who's a good boy?" That's only a human can say to a dog, right? <laughs> so I guess that's what they want to hear. Yeah, but I thought this was interesting because you know you don't have to say "Who's a good boy." It's it's all about the way and the intonation that it's said. And I mean, you could be like, "You're a bad boy." Who's a bad boy? And it still sounds the same to dog, right? Yeah, and he's so still going to wag his tail. Just yeah, as exactly. He's going to be delighted to see you and delighted to it, hear it, that it, register. You know, we always say that a dog is a man's best friend, but this uh-huh. is one more evidence that you know. Dogs were created to be around human yeah. company. That's just my personal opinion. Maybe you have a different one. Uh, give us a call if you do. But that's just my personal opinion is they were created to be our best friend. Yeah, and it's also evidence that it's not always what you say. It's how you say. And this is an important lesson to remember. Even when you're communicating with each other, you don't have to go up to you at your best buddy and be like, oh, he's a good boy. You have to, you know, whatever you say to other people, just be aware of how you're saying it because if it helps an animal bond to you, imagine how much more of an effect it's having on other people. So what do they say? 90% of communication is nonverbal and now some of the verbal communication, half of verbal communication is non-word. Yeah, it's not about the words, it's how you deliver them. So It's one of the failings of texting. Mm, (laughs) Give up on texting, get back to it's true. People always say you, people, you, you, can, you can't hear tone in text, which is why you know often you have drama because you don't understand what's being said. Yeah. Okay. Now this other story. I'm so excited about this story. <laughs> people are what being paid to go to work. I not paid to go to work. Well, kind of paid to get to work. Paid to get so to work. There's a there's an advertising agency agency called Make Stuff in Christchurch, New Zealand. And they have decided to start paying their employees $5 a day to ride their bikes to work. And if they can keep it up for half their annual work days, the company doubles the offer to $10 a day, all of which is paid to them at the end of the year in a cash bonus. And I did some math and it's about $2,000 cash Whoa. that you will get just because you biked to work. 
You have got to be. Maybe we need to make some suggestions around here. We need to talk to our boss. Can we get our boss on the phone? Can someone get our boss (laughs) to call 1-800-FAITH-FM? We can get him live on the air to discuss this. I think so. We need to have a discussion about uh, how much we can, uh, the the, the need that we have for good health. Because we do sit down here and they they say that sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. Because, yeah, this um, ties in really well with the uh, article that we had yesterday about how sitting is just absolutely killing us. And the thing is, this guy, you think to yourself, because all all his employees, apparently, apart from one, were like, yeah, we're doing this. And they all now bike to work and they have like their Fitbits and they keep track of each other and this kind of stuff. So is this sending the company broke? Well, that's the thing, right? It turns out that fit employees are less likely to get sick. They have more energy. They're more confident. They're more likely to take on leadership roles. They're more likely to inspire other people. They set and achieve goals. They have better attitudes. They're less stressed. Like, I swear to goodness, this list goes on forever. He's now like, they're so much more productive. They have more output they're happier they're getting more stuff done so where's nick we need to get nick yeah where's the boss we need to get the boss in here (laughs) we need to we need to have a conversation about this and so what they're actually what's actually happening then is that it's they're getting their money back yeah exactly they're having such um the the company's benefiting no end because there's reduced sick days and there's better mental performance and those two things alone is just like an enormous benefit to any company of any descript now of course this is a great news story because when you consider you know what the bible teaches about health and the Mm. eight laws of health Mm -hmm. um, exercise good exercise is central to the, the biblical model you can go all the way back to genesis chapter 2 You know, Mm -hmm. you can't go very much further back in the Bible than Genesis chapter two, because Genesis chapter two is the is the second creation account. So there are two creations account in in the book of Genesis. And Genesis two is the second one. I'm gonna read you what it says right here. Okay, it says God that God created um, uh, the Garden of Eden, and then he created man and put him in the Garden of Eden. And in verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Um, and so he was he was set to work. Now, we do have a message coming in Ooh. from the boss. Oh. Um, where Nick doesn't believe Lyle will survive one kilometre on a bicycle, <laughs> let, alone, let alone ride a bike from Maitland to work. Do you accept the challenge? Okay, I accept the challenge to survive one kilometre on a bicycle. <laughs> Wait, how long is the commute from your house to, to here? It's like a 30-minute like drive? It's a 30-minute drive. So that would be like maybe like an hour and a half bike ride. Yeah. That is oh, well, pretty intense. That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. Do you know what? I reckon he could do it, but I don't know that he could do it getting here by 6.30. <laughs> He'd have to like start I could at 4.30. I could do that, but uh, <laughs> it would be an early start. Colin, if you want to see Lyle on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Nick, then uh, does that mean that the challenge is out there and we get a $2,000 bonus at the Ooh, end of the year yeah. if we ride our Ooh, bike to yeah. work? $2,000 and I'll be doing that on the, on the freeway. I'll even wear Faith FM like logo on the back of my Sure, so everyone knows. <laughs> anyway, getting back to what we were talking about, mm-hmm. we were talking about how the, the original model for human beings was not a sitting model. It wasn't an office model. It wasn't yeah. four square walls. It was an it was a model of human beings being outside, mm-hmm. being active, mm-hmm. getting fresh air, getting uh, good sunshine. Um, and getting good, solid exercise, growing things, being creative. And, of course, this company is tapping into a small part of that. Yeah, an old biblical model. When peace like a river my way when
You were listening to Audrey Sad. It is well with my soul. And Monica, it is definitely well with my soul this morning. Are you sure it's going to be well for much longer? Why? <laughs> because in the break, good listeners, our bus popped in and we are just so excitedly discussing that Lyle Why, might actually going- <laughs> cycle okay. to work. All right. Maybe this news story got a little bit out of control here. No, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at this. You know what, you do realise I live half an hour away from here. Yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> we're, we're thinking of doing it for charity. So keep, keep, uh, keep tuned, good listeners, because this might turn into something and we could maybe get some sponsorship and see if Lyle can't cycle all the way into the office. <laughs> now that I've thrown you in the deep end, yeah, what do you- I think I think I've been I think I've been uh, um, ambushed here. Uh-huh. I think there's an ambush. All in good spirit. Okay, I've got a very serious story this morning. This one coming out of Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, where Ireland Supreme Court has unanimously ruled that protections for the unborn child offered under the state's constitution do not extend beyond the right to life. So this has significance from a couple of perspectives. Mm-hmm. First of all, the case in point is a Nigerian man. Um, who got his partner, who who was uh, an illegal immigrant in Ireland, whose partner is a legal immigrant, and she fell pregnant with his child. Okay. And so he argued that the unborn child has a right to a father. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court ruled that no, if the child had been born, the child would have a right to a father. But as the child is yet unborn, it does not have a right to a father under the Constitution. Now, this okay, that seems like, you know, there's a moral issue here yeah. to begin with. The second thing that is interesting about this particular story is that um, Ireland has a referendum coming up on the rights of unborn children. Okay. So Ireland being a, uh, a very um, Catholic country mm-hmm. has always had a very, very strong stand and in their constitution, the right to the life of a child, unborn child, is guaranteed. Except under extreme circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to cause the, the death of the mother and so forth. Uh, so this has been guaranteed under the Constitution. They are having a referendum coming up mm-hmm. on whether that is going to be re- remain a part of the Constitution or not. And if the rights had extended beyond that of just the unborn child, of course it would have affected the referendum because the referendum would then have to have become very, very broad to cover a whole bunch of different aspects. So just to quickly summarize, so Ireland right now is basically pro-life as opposed to yes. pro-choice. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. Which I see as a very good thing. I very, very strongly support that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, uh, I, I don't think that's something you can really argue against. I think you can totally argue against that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, for one thing, mm-hmm. I mean, how do, how do you defend your opinion as a white, well, Kind of white, you do. Yeah, have a kind bit of white. Don't, don't go too far there. You have I'm a, bit of a, a, drop of, a couple of drops of exotic blood in there. But how do you how do you defend your opinion as a white religious man telling women what they should do with their body? Well, I don't think my identity has anything to do with morality. You know, what's right and wrong is right and wrong regardless of who I am. Um, if we look at, say, for instance, um, child sex enslavement in Southeast Asia. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're Asian or whether you are Indian or whether you're African or Caucasian or or male or female or of any different age bracket. It is morally wrong. It is absolute moral, morally wrong thing to do. And 
my identity has nothing to do with what's right and wrong. The issue here is what's right and wrong. And taking the life of an unborn child is absolutely wrong under you know all circumstances except extreme circumstances. Okay, but why do you think a first trimester fetus has moral value? Well, the question comes down to where do you draw the line? When does when does life when does a life have moral value? What is it that actually makes a life have moral value? Um, you know, some people put the argument out there that um, life has moral value when it becomes sentient life, when it's when it has you know when it when it's conscious. Okay, so that does does that then mean that uh, while you're asleep? Yeah, I'm free to kill you. You know, I could just walk into your room and uh, and uh, and 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 shoot you because you're asleep and you're you're unconscious. And you'd say no, uh, because you're not really unconscious. You know, you you're partly unconscious, but you could be dreaming or something or other. Um, or what about somebody that's in a coma? You know, can we just take the life of a person that is in a coma? Do we have the right to do so because they are not conscious in any way, shape, or form? Would you say a baby is particularly conscious? I feel like babies, they're not really aware that much. They're not really able to make choices. And this is the argument, is, is like at the time of conception where you've got two cells that come together, is there consciousness there? Mm. Now, the simple reality is, first of all, we don't know. Okay. We don't know when consciousness arrives. I'd agree with that. The second thing is that does that make a difference? Does that matter? Mm-hmm. Can I kill you just because you are Aware in a it. coma? Yeah. And you would say no, because if I'm in a coma, I have potential consciousness. I guess, guess what two cells at the time of conception have? Potential consciousness. Regardless of which way you look at it. I guess it's almost like saying um, stealing isn't wrong if the person you're stealing from isn't aware of it. Yes, but stealing is always wrong. The Bible says thou shalt not steal. I mean, okay, I'm bringing my religious perspective into it for sure, and I think that that's valid. I think that everybody should. Um, But we have, um, you know, we we need to understand the sacredness of life. Now, I understand that there are medical circumstances. Yeah, that was my next question, okay, Lyle. Like, you know, when I think about abortion, like, to be totally honest, and I know this is going to sound a little bit grisly, but the first thing that pops into my mind is what would I do if I was raped or sexually abused and I became pregnant to my rapist's baby? Like, I'm pretty sure I'd want to exterminate that. I, I feel like the the ordeal already would be horrific enough, but then to have an even more life-impacting and lifelong-lasting um event as bringing a child into the world, I feel like that's just making it infinitely worse. Yes, and I understand the emotional argument here, Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's what it is. And I really, really, I want to be sensitive to, you know, people who have made this choice, and I understand that um, people have different opinions, um, and maybe you'd like to call in and share your opinion uh, later on in the program in relationship to this. But then you've got to look at the potential that this child has as a human being. You know, I, I know personally um, a, a very close friend of mine, absolute genius, and, uh, you know, his mother decided to, to you know, uh, let him live, Mm-hmm. And he has, you know, he was adopted out and has done absolutely amazing things in our world today and has been a blessing to so many people, has led so many people to Christ, has had such an incredible impact on our world. And you never know the positive outcome that that could come as a result of that. I'd like to share a um, 
passage of the Bible on this, um, just to give a, a, a religious uh, perspective. And here it is. The Bible says, speaking of John the Baptist, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. So if those two cells, when they first come together in the mother's womb, can be filled with the Holy Spirit, then that's a life that we can't afford to take. I understand that you have a relative that came into... Yeah, um, I just I don't want to get too specific about the, the words, I mean, the who, who it is in particular, but there is uh, someone in my history, uh, family history, who was raped by um, a Russian soldier in World War II and it produced a child. And that child, you know, it was grown up to be an adult in my family um, tree and they are without a doubt my all-time favourite relative. I love this yeah. person so much and I'd be so sad if they didn't exist. Okay, we have coming here, we need to reach 2,000 target before you can do Lyle's great bike ride to work and it's going to the Aboriginal Benefits Foundation. They are funding to extend region assistance to preschool children suffering trauma. So it has actually happened. So we're going to talk more <laughs> about this. I can't believe you dumped me in it. Anyway, we need to move on. On with our program this morning, here we have Endless Praise with God Is. Thank you. 
God is here on Faith FM and we have a special guest in the studio. But before we come to our special guest, we're going to say something else about the quiz. Yes, we have clue number two. So who am I? I'll give you the first clue again. It is I am the grandfather of Noah. And clue number two is you will find me in Luke's genealogy of Christ but not in Matthews. Oh, there you go. At least you know where to look in your Bible now. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 491 if you know the answer. And there is a prize coming your way. Well, we have Etienne McClintock in the studio this morning. I'm super excited to have you here today. Etienne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Pleasure to be here. Now, I understand that um, as you were just here in the studio listening into that last little segment where I got dumped in it. I can't believe that uh, Monica did that to me and then... <laughs> hey, and, Monica and your boss, Nick. <laughs> well, we were trying to dump our boss into it and we got dumped in, so um, it looks like I might be... Um, I feel I'm, like I'm the only one who got away unscathed in that <laughs> I'm, I'm riding a bike all the way to work one of these mornings. Have you got any um, suggestions? Yes, I do. I've just started biking to work as well, but... It is oh. a little bit too far for me. You know, a good run in the car takes about 20, 25 minutes. Well, and that's about the to, same distance that I'm going. So how many kilometres is that? Uh, it's 25 on the motorway, but the back road's about 21. Okay. So what I've done is I've decided to cheat a little bit because I'm not that fit and I don't want to oh, spend yes. over an Please hour on Please tell me. Please tell no me. No cheating. Have you heard of e-bikes? E-bikes? No, what's an well, e-bike? It's an electric bike, and basically they yes. sort of govern. They get now you're speaking my motor. language. You see, okay, Etienne, yeah. I don't own a bike. You don't own one. So for this bike ride, I... <laughs> no, 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 no. I if you don't borrow, own a I bike... To, I need to borrow a bike. No, no, no. Faith FM will get you a bike. And it will not be an e-bike because that is so cheating. <laughs> I feel Come like on. that's basically a motorbike just dressed down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, legally, this will class as a push bike as long as they have less than 250 watt motor. Uh, but it will actually, you know, there's a text in the Bible. They, they sing it quite a bit if you listen to Handel's Messiah. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 4, it says that every valley will be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. So you're, you're and saying an e-bike will take your mountains and your hills <laughs> and they'll they bring them low. So. <laughs> oh, this is so I happening, like But this listen, I've like taken it. my time from, it would have been over an hour to bike down to under 45 minutes with an e-bike. There you go. Yeah. So oh, this, you know, that would, be, that would be bragging rights if you said, I've taken it from an hour to 45 minutes just by, you know, 
getting stronger yeah. and building up my exercise, but it's like, no, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on the all the help much, I can get at the moment. So. How much pedaling do you do on an e-bike? Like, Well, you can get some bikes where you can just have a little throttle and just sit there and relax, but typically you've got to pedal as well, and okay. it, will, it will assist what you do. Okay. And that comes in very handy as the hill gets steeper. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's like an enhancer. <laughs> yeah, and it will only take you up to about 25Ks legally. You can get mm-hmm. off-roaders that go a lot faster, but yeah, it will help quite a bit. So, yeah, you know, Maitland's not that far. Oh, really? It's on an e-bike? Well, actually, I live in Allendale. Let's fill it oh, out. Oh, okay. Well, just well, marginally. Lyle, don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to ban it from the... Uh, from. Okay, so we're, we're, we're raising, what is it, $2,000 to go towards the Aboriginal Benefits Foundation who provide therapy and counselling and art activities for preschool children. So if you'd like to see Lyle bike all the way to work, you can call us up and make a donation. Our number yep. is 1-800-FAITH-FM. How small a donation can you make? I'll put in five bucks straight away. <laughs> oh, yes, our five, first five dollars. We accept any 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 donation, large, small, or in between. We'll take okay. it all. Now, Etienne, it's great to have you here in the studio, of course. Pleasure. Um, you're my opposite number over at uh, 3ABN, and we have uh, quite a bit of their uh, content that comes through on, on uh, this on these transmitters as well, yeah, that's but right. um, we particularly want to hear about your 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 story, your journey. So you've you've um, you've got a bit of a different accent. So we know that you are. Wouldn't, I'm, I'm suspecting you were not born in this country. No, no, I was born in South Africa. I am a fifth generation Scot out of South Africa on my dad's side. My mum's side, there's Dutch, maybe a little bit of French influence. So my first name Etienne, that's French, and surname McClintock, very Scottish. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so growing up in uh, South Africa, um, well, I heard that they're running out of water in Cape Town, eh? Yeah, that's really where I was bad. born. Yeah. You were born in Cape Town. Yeah, there seemed to be plenty of water when I was there, but obviously yeah. the population has grown somewhat <laughs> and they've had drought for a few years, so yeah, they're running out of water. And I think the beginning of July, they're going to switch off all the water supplies except for essential services. I read mm-hmm. a news bulletin this morning that they have extended it yeah. to August. Oh, they must have had a bit of rain. They've, they've extended no, it a couple no, of times. they haven't had rain. They've had... The Very people of Cape, yeah, the people of Cape Town are really banding together, and they're just reducing their use. So they're on fifty liters per day at the moment, restricted per person per day, right. and they're doing basically like day zero simulation. And day zero is when they turn off the taps, mm. and they're just they're re- it's it's such a uh, heartening experience just for seeing how humanity can get together when stuff goes down the Why drain. Why does pipe. it take a crisis for humanity I to know. get together? That's yeah, the thing, it's you know? sad. It's sad, but it's also encouraging because they're doing such a good job of it mm. that day zero is just keeps getting delayed. Wonderful. Delay keeps getting delayed. So. Now, Cape Town's got a Mediterranean climate, which means very dry in summer and it rains in winter. Yeah, so, yeah. hopefully, by mm. the time they get into that August, yeah. there, they've had some rain. They're hoping it. to hit the rain. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, getting back to your story, we're talking about everybody's oh, stories. Okay. <laughs> did you grow up in a Christian home? I did. Uh, my mum was a fourth generation Sabbath keeper. Now, why I say fourth generation, her great grandfather actually was a Christian and then started reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, read it again, could find nothing about the change in the Sabbath. Okay, so he just started to keep the Sabbath. Well, he started reading their prophecies where Jesus says, and referring to 70 AD, that mm-hmm. pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. And That's Matthew 24, verse 20, yeah. and that actually applies to the end of time, right? As well as, as seven well, years. That's right. right so our well, time right now. Yeah. After the resurrection, the Sabbath must still be valid. So him and his family started keeping the Sabbath until they bumped into Seventh day Adventists and started keeping or worshipping at the Seventh day Adventist church. Okay, so did, when they first started keeping the Sabbath, did they had they ever heard of the Adventist church? They had no, no, they were the only people. Wow. They sort of left their own church. They were slightly ostracized there for a while, and uh, yeah, just Sabbath keepers. Yeah, so this would be back in the eighteen hundreds when uh, you know, sort of demarcation lines between churches were a little bit clearer than what they are these days. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
and uh, that would have been quite a challenge. Mm. Okay, so um, that's on your mother's Mom's side. side. Yep, on and on, on your- my dad's side, uh, they weren't really Christian. They were probably a little bit more atheistic, mm-hmm. although the culture suggested people go to church. So my grandparents would send my dad and his brothers and sisters to church. But mm-hmm. my dad, after a while, stopped going to church, and he was an atheist. Until so they're just like, yeah, I want you to go there and get some good morals, but we don't yeah. really believe in God, that kind of thing? Was that the- Well, pretty much, yeah. He yep. was an atheist until he met my mum. But funny enough, they only had two books in their house. There was one left by the Jehovah's Witnesses, another one was a Bible. That someone had gifted my grandmother okay. So he read both those books And he read them whenever he had a chance Because there was nothing else to read in the house and he So was this because reading. they were like dirt poor? Or? They were very poor Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm. And he'd walk through the field Or walk in the street And he'll pick up like a magazine page or something He'll sit down and read that first And when it's finished then you'll keep on walking That's just the kind of person it he seems, was It seems bizarre to be in a environment where reading material is so rare mm. you know for us here in a western society you know I, I, I talk to people in in some of these developing countries and they literally still do that because it's their only opportunity ever to read yeah but it was a weird hybrid because there was some belief in the supernatural my grandmother could tell fortunes okay so they didn't totally they weren't totally atheistic so there was a bit of spiritualism coming spiritualism, in. Spiritualism, yeah. And even my, my dad's sister had a familiar spirit at one stage. She became right. a Christian later in Seventh-day Adventist, and she had a big, big battle on her hand to try and get rid of wow. these things, but finally succeeded. So we praise God for that. So your parents became Jehovah's Witnesses then? No, not at all. Oh, but they had the Jehovah's Witnesses book? Yeah. What happens is when my mum and dad met, and there's another interesting story to that, because my mum inadvertently got exposed to the occult through Ouija board at her work. She was working as a nurse in a mental health facility. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened is they used to play the Ouija board there. And she thought it was just a game like Monopoly, except it was more intriguing. (laughs) And anyway, so she, um, when she met my dad, she'd actually asked the Ouija board where she was going on holiday, who she was going to meet. And this Ouija board told her this tall, uh, handsome man's going to come and pick her up at the station and so on and so on. So they met their way. And... um, Later on, then my dad started studying with my grandfather, mm-hmm. and all the things came back to him that he'd been reading in the Bible as a kid. Right. So he, uh, he became a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Wow. Mm. And so the spiritualism, um, you know, it's obviously been something that's been very real in your family. Yes. What attitude towards that do, do they have towards it today? Because, oh. I mean, I'm thinking there's, there's probably quite a number of our Look, listeners who uh, are involved in spiritualism. Sure. There's still an element of superstition amongst some of my family members. Some of them are Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, your parents? My parents, yep. My mum's passed away since, but they're both Seventh-day Adventists. My dad was a pastor in the Seventh-day Adventist Church for quite mm-hmm. a few years as well. So they so found a better a better path. Absolutely. Moved away from that and understood that it wasn't the dead spirits, spirits or dead people speaking to them. It was actually evil angels masquerading in that sense to try and deceive the whole world. You know, And the Bible mm-hmm. talks about that, especially in the end time. This will become a very prominent thing. Oh, I find that interesting because so often I've seen people that have been involved in spiritualism like this is a really positive thing. Mm. But in the long run, I've never seen it become, uh, never seen it continue to be positive. No, no, it destroys lives. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and, it does. and I, it's touched home for our family in a very strong and powerful way because my dad's younger brother, they were four brothers and four sisters in the family, so quite a big family. He ended up committing suicide because the spirit said, come to our side, come to our side. It's better in, on the other side. Mm. So he ended up tragic. shooting himself. Yeah, mm. yeah. Very so tragic. It, uh, and, and so if this is something that, um, that you're involved in and you see it as being a positive thing, then I would, I would recommend to you that you uh, think very, very, diff- very, very hard about um, the, the path that you're going because, and, and look at the path that other people have followed because I I've never seen anyone who's had a positive outcome from mm. you know, Ouija boards, tarot card reading, fortune telling, all of these kind of things. It, it, it all heads one way. And basically what it comes down to is that the devil has no love for his own. 
That's right. Yeah. That's okay, so you're growing up in a Christian home. Yeah. Um, is there a point there where you give your life to God? Yeah, I actually uh, often attended mission programs, you know, where they go through Daniel Revelation and those. So I understood that oh, quite yeah, yeah, yeah. well. And at the age of 15, I decided, well, I should get baptized. Uh-huh. But as I'm having a discussion, I'm saying, well, look, I was born into the church. I'm here already. Why do I have to go and get baptized? You know, I understand if people know nothing or they, you know, they come from the world and then they meet Jesus, that this is a rite of passage for so them. So you've always known Jesus. Ever since you were born, you've just like, Jesus is my best friend. Yeah, I've known Jesus. Although, you know, as a kid, you, you, you do have your little issues every now and then. But I remember, <laughs> no. going, to, I, I remember going to camp meetings and at times giving my heart to the Lord there, you yeah. know, being touched by it, but didn't fully grasp and understand these things. So when I got baptized at the age of 15, I didn't really know the significance of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew it was I'm demonstrating the right thing to, to the do. Lord. It was yeah. the right thing to do. I was mentally in that space, and I was sincere, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about this. When you are actually baptized, you are buried mm-hmm. You're in the watery grave, and mm-hmm. then you raised to newness of life. I didn't. We spoke about being born again, but I didn't understand it. And one of those phrases, you know, Christians often use this kind of phrase: "Oh, I was born again, and I was born again here or there, or you know." And you know, the average person out there in Seagland has no idea what we're what we're actually talking about. And I think that as Christians who grow up in the church, we hear it so often, we don't actually really understand what it is. It's like, yeah, being born again is becoming a Christian, but Mm. um, there's a whole lot more to it than that. Absolutely. So it's not until later in my life that I actually understood what it meant to be reconciled to Christ's death because ultimately it says, the Bible says, the soul of sin shall die. Mm -hmm. Now either we can die ourselves and pay the price for our sins or we can die in Christ. Mm -hmm. So when Christ was crucified, we can reconcile ourselves to his death so we were crucified with Christ like Paul says in Galatians Mm 2.20. And then of course we also know that when Christ was raised, we could be raised with him as it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Yep, absolutely. So that beauty of the gospel only hit me Sometime later, as I grew up, and, and then I realized the significance. And of what kind Christ of an impact actually, did that have on your life? Oh, blew me away. It was just mind changing, and I couldn't believe how good the offer of salvation through Christ actually was. Yeah. No one told me it was going to be this good. You know? <laughs> to give your heart to the Lord, to have peace and joy, to have your guilt taken away. I mean, yeah. that's just incredible. And, and and you only you can only understand that if you've experienced it. Yeah. It's, I mean, even if you experience it, how do you put it in words? You yeah. can partially, yeah. but you can't give someone the whole picture. They've got to have it and experience it. For and so themselves. if you've never experienced it, then this is something, give it a try. What have you got to lose? Give your life to Jesus, make a, t- a total surrender to him, and just see how your life changes. It's, it's dramatic. I've had so many people here, myself included, who have had this experience, and you won't, you just don't find people like who are like, oh, that was a terrible decision. I can't believe I chose to give my life to Jesus. Mm. You know, I find people who have slipped away and they always regret it. Yeah, it's true. And funny enough, the package sometimes when it comes wrapped up doesn't look that great. You've got to unwrap it and see what's inside. Yeah. Isaiah 53 (laughs) says that he has no form or comeliness or no beauty when we see him that we should desire him. That's talking about Christ. That's because he wants to attract us by his character rather than by bling. Absolutely, that's right. Mm. Bling only lasts so long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so in your journey, we've uh, just got a little bit of time left, but uh, you ended up in Australia somehow or other. Yes, yeah. Well, what happened is we actually ended up in New Zealand for a while. I ended up marrying an Australian girl I met in New Zealand. Okay. And so this is home for her. And, uh, so you moved from South Africa to New Zealand, then to an Australian Aust- girl. Yeah, then to Australia, then back to New Zealand. Seems like after I spent five years in Australia, somehow someone sends me back to New Zealand. So we've been back almost five years now. I see you're due. <laughs> New Zealand is due, due for another dose of Etienne. <laughs> it's a beautiful country, but listen, we're enjoying Australia. And as you said, I'm, I'm working for 3ABN uh, now on radio as well. So. 
we complement one another. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you've obviously you've been working in the church for um, um, quite a, a period of time. Yes, I worked in, in the health food side for quite a few years, uh, about twenty plus years. Yeah, we were just talking about um, our health story. I'm a bit <coughs> shouldn't be bringing up health stories right now, and I'm just well, faced with this um, right into work. I heard that, about the breakfast. You guys didn't tell me there was breakfast here this morning. I wouldn't have eaten at home. I see the wheat oh, peaks and the fruit mm-hmm. here. It looks delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, you haven't guys haven't touched it yet. You're obviously too busy. Well, we have been very busy. <laughs> In fact, we are so busy, we're going to have to move on. But Etienne has been just amazing hearing your story here this morning. And uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. Pleasure. We're going to listen to Malvinus, Spirit of the Living God. You're listening to Faith FM.
would love to have you join us on Saturday at 9.30 for Sabbath School Kids Program and then the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.